Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you heard of stem cell therapy? There are some folks who wonder whether or not it actually has an effect that's beneficial for the body, and there's various different types of stem cells. Today, we're going to be talking about autologous stem cells. What are the types of ways that our own body can help us if put in certain locations or refined in certain ways for the healing process. So we have Dr. Michael Pasquale. He is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon for three and a half decades. And since 2011, he's been working with stem cells and working on ways to help people do things that'll help their body to feel better, reduce pain, get rid of inflammation, a variety of different ways that can help us all to stay healthy and active as long as possible. And he's the head of the Hawaii Stem Cell Treatment Center right in Waterfront Plaza. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Kathy. Now, stem cells, it sounds like something that I know there were some concerns about different types of stem cells a few years ago, but we're kind of talking about something where the body itself has these cells and they come from different locations of the body and you're using them in ways to help the body to heal itself. What exactly is a stem cell and where are you getting them from? Okay, just to back up a little bit. Yeah, there were some concerns about stem cells. The controversy arises from fetal stem cells, and that comes from babies or fetuses. The other type is umbilical stem cells, and then the third type is your autologous stem cells. That means stem cells that are in your own body. The first one, fetal stem cells, we don't use. It's, I, there's ethical concerns, and they're dangerous. The fact they have a lot of what we call pluripotency, they can become anything that they get the right signal. So if we were to put fetal stem cells, say, in your spine, it may grow bone. It may grow hair. Um, and the Russians found this out uh, quite a few years ago. They tried to heal uh, spinal cords with fetal stem cells, and they were finding tumors were growing within the spine. The umbilical stem cells I'll get to in a minute. The uh, autologous stem cells, um, there's two sources for those, and these are what we call adult stem cells. Their pluripotency is not as great as the fetal stem cells. They're, the common areas that we harvest these from are your bone, or bone marrow, and fat. Your fat, and actually all over your body, are a tremendous amount of these adult stem cells. And we grab those in a small liposuction procedure or the bone marrow people will do a, a bone biopsy kind of procedure. The, a stem cell is one of the primary cells or a building block for all the other cells. Stem cells can become bone, they can become cartilage, they can become nervous tissue and other tissues as well. There are th really four primary functions of stem cells we found out. One is they're the extreme anti-inflammatory agent. They modulate inflammation. That's why they work so good in orthopedics. And it's long-lasting anti-inflammatory. It's not like steroids. Steroid injections do work indeed, but they're degenerative in nature. Stem cells are regenerative in nature. So that's the anti-inflammatory role. They also have the ability to direct other cells of the body to carry out the healing process. 
So they're like little boss men. Oh, you do this, you do that, and the other cells behave. Uh, the third thing you do, they have this innate ability to target, somehow they know, and can target injured tissues. And the fourth one I never can remember. It's a minor function. But those are the um, the really primary roles of stem cells. Now, uh, you mentioned that steroids can help, mm-hmm. but they give more of a degenerative process because although they do help with inflammation in the short term, we do have plenty of information to suggest that the constant use of steroids could actually result in the worsening of, for example, knee arthritis. If you get too many steroid injections, although it feels great temporarily, long-term, you're going to have potentially earlier onset arthritis from those multiple steroid injections. Whereas you mentioned that one of the roles of stem cells would be regenerative. So are these cells kind of telling the other cells, go repair the tissue? You mentioned that it sort of targets inflamed or injured tissue. So is that one of the roles at which we see stem cells actually suggest healing and improvement of different areas that have been injured? Absolutely. That's exactly what they do. They're part of this whole healing cascade. And an interesting fact, they're located all over your body, but they're in fixed locations. So if you cut yourself, say, on your arm, the local stem cells will help with the healing. They become new tissues. They direct some of the healing and all, all that whole process. So what we do is we harvest stem cells from a wider area of your body. We concentrate those. And those are injected to a very specific area. So what you have is this healing power that's not normally found in nature. That it's a concentrated healing juice given to a specific location on the body. And that's why I think we have such good results with them. So one of the keys that I know is if you're going to be using, for example, the stem cells for a joint space, as you mentioned, you can't really be taking anti-inflammatory medications if what you're doing is actually injecting something that part of the healing process may be to result in some inflammation that leads to healing. That, well, that's exactly right. I mean, we, we don't allow our patients to have anti-inflammatories or steroid injections within a given amount of time, depending on the situation, before we do the stem cell injection, because that can actually have the opposite effect you want. Well, we're talking things like aspirin ibuprofen. Right. Things that you might right. be taking over the counter that you think are okay, but if you're going to consider doing some of these types of treatments, you can't use that. Yeah, we give we tell them instructions like Tylenol is okay, and but not of your anti-inflammatory agents. So let's talk about where you would be injecting these. So you mentioned that it can help with targeting tissues that need to heal. Right. So some of the areas where you would potentially see a benefit to this Joint spaces is one of them. Are there any particular joints that you've done any sort of analysis of that tend to respond well to this? Well, our group, and I'm a member of a group that stretches across the world, really. There's about 150 of us. We all use the same technique, and we keep a database on our patients for scientific study. In fact, we have an institutional review board uh, permission for the study. And I think knees are probably the most studied we uh, About two years ago, I think, we published a paper uh, where we looked at all the knees that we had done across the world, the guys who used the same technique. And there was somewhere in the neighborhood of 8,000 knees done. 
And we found that 80% of these people had marked improvement. 40% of that group had what I call a miracle cure. They were able to go off all types of pain medication and were, seemed to have a renewed joint. Um, the other 40% thought the procedure was well worth it and maybe they just could reduce their uh, pain medication to Tylenol. 20% um, of that 20%, 10, half of those thought they were improved, but they weren't sure whether it was worth it or not, and the other 10% were just failures. How are you knowing if there's improvement? Is it based on symptoms? Are there any x-rays or are there any MRIs or other clinical like radiographic studies that say, hey, we see more cartilage thickness and we've measured it? Or is it based on clinical symptoms and people's level of function with their joint? Well, our studies were done on performance of activities uh, as well as um, a pain scale. However, we did, in a lot of cases, do MRI studies. And here is a really interesting thing. Some of these patients we'd look at with MRIs, you could actually see the cartilage regrowing. And they got beautiful pain relief. They were to return to hiking, bicycling, whatever activity. But a certain percentage of those patients were able to carry out those activities, have pain relief, yet we could see no cartilage regrowth. So it's not directly related. It may have just been the inflammatory action that was taking place, but they were pain-free. So the clinical features didn't correlate with anatomic features because some people had changes and some people didn't, but they both felt better. Correct. And, 80% and, and of them. In some cases did correlate, but it's not there, there's not 100%. a specific 100% connection there. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Michael Pasquale of the Hawaii Stem Cell Treatment Center in uh, Waterfront Plaza right here in Honolulu. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some other applications and ways in which these stem cells can be used. And we'll kind of walk through the process. What is this and how does it differ in some ways than injections people may have heard of called PRP or platelet-rich plasma? We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Michael Pasquale. He is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon for over 35 years, and since 2011, he's been doing some work with stem cells. This is part of the Stem Cell Treatment Center here, right here in the islands, and part of the work you've done right before the break, we were talking about the knee joint as an area where there have been some clinical studies that you're working on with some other folks internationally and showing some physical improvement and function when people have had these treatments. You said about 80% of them. How long does it generally last? Is this something that, you know, after like steroid injections might work great for a few months, might work great for a few weeks. Some people might get a longer duration. How long do these injections tend to last specifically for the knee? Specifically for the knee, which I am the most familiar with. um, I have patients that I did five years ago and they're still pain-free and they're still activity. Then I have other patients that a year, two years, we can repeat the procedure at that time, or maybe it's time for a knee replacement. It all depends on the condition. 
but um, so it's very hard to determine exactly how long, just like with PRP and some of the other treatments, even facelifts, how long am I going to be looking young? It, there's such variations there, lifestyle, how bad they were to start and so forth. Now, what other joints might benefit from this type of procedure? The hip is common. Uh, a lot of the spine uh, joints, um, shoulder, as well as hands. I've done some hands, and they all seem to benefit fairly well. So what's the actual procedure? You mentioned that there's two different sources. It could be bone marrow, which might be a little bit more painful of a way to get stem cells. Right. Also fat cells with partial liposuction being part of that. What is the process? If, if, if somebody came to your office and said, I want to do these injections, how does that go about? Uh, from start to finish, very simply, either a patient's self-referral or a referral from an orthopedic surgeon. And we look at their studies, such as their imaging studies. We make sure it's not a mechanical problem, like a big bone chip or something like that. If it is, stem cells is not going to help them. If it's like osteoarthritis or uh, some other inflammatory condition uh, or a tendon that's starting to dehiss a little bit or um, something like that, um, a meniscus that's torn, um, we once we determine that they're a candidate for the stem cell, we take a medical history. We do not do patients that have like been diabetics for 20 years. We find their stem cells are not in good condition or some of the very chronic diseases, kidney failure, that type of thing. Uh, but most patients, age is not a limitation. Um, we screen them. We explain to them the procedure, which is as follows. Basically, they'll come in in the morning, and they'll spend about an hour with us where we perform a minor liposuction procedure under local anesthesia. And once that's completed, we've harvested our fat cells, our fat. Then we tell them, go go do what you want to do. Go to Halimwana Mall, go back home, rest. They're not in much pain from that procedure. And then my technicians run the, the fat through an entire process where they concentrate these stem cells into a solution called stromal vascular fraction. It's a red liquid. And then we do a stem cell count because we find that the number of stem cells we're giving is very important. There has to be a therapeutic level. And what would that level be? Uh, we find it's around 500,000 per cc. Now, some people out there are given PRP, which has a few stem cells in it, but it's not a therapeutic level, level of the stem cells. The PRP does have its own healing factors, but it's, the stem cells aren't enough in there to do any good. So some people say, oh, we're giving you stem cells with PRP, but that's not what we call a therapeutic level of stem cells. So there's other things, you know, PRP, that platelet-rich plasma, that may contain some other healing factors within that plasma, but it doesn't contain the same level of stem cells. Correct. I mean, it's not even close. So you harvest, you run this fat cells through this process to get this stromal liquid, mm -hmm. and then the patient comes back the same day, the next day. How they is it stored? come back about five hours later. We five give them hours. a call and say, it's almost ready. Come on in. And say it's a knee. We prep the knee like you would for a knee injection, just like for a steroid injection or sure. something. We inject the stem cells. We also give a small amount intravenously because remember I said stem cells have the ability to target other areas? So we find that patients benefit. They say some of their other joints feel better too after the stem cells. So you do the injection. It's, again, under like a local anesthetic. Correct. doesn't require any sedation. Right. And then someone gets up and walks out after that? Yes, they do. 
how long would they need, do they need to immobilize after no, that? No, that's the beauty of it. In fact, I think, and a lot of us think, that being active afterwards actually helps the regeneration process. So go back to doing your activity. How long do they need to stay away from standard anti-inflammatories? I would say a good, good three weeks or so. So no ibuprofen before, and certainly none of that afterwards, because the process of healing involves allowing natural levels of inflammation. Correct. When you look at how successful it is, you said you're most familiar with knees. Comparing that to some of the information you may be aware of with PRP, the platelet-rich plasma, are there significant differences in the efficacy or the duration of the benefit? Oh, most certainly. I mean, PRP is a very good treatment. I've actually had it done on myself, and it solved my problem. I had a shoulder muscle problem. Um, So PRP is very good. It's less expensive for the patient and compared to stem cells. But the stem cells are multiple magnitudes better in terms of how long the treatment lasts. It's a one-time treatment. PRP can be multiple treatments. And how much the uh, tissue improves Now, I often think with folks, and I've talked to some professionals who do PRP, you know, they've said it has to be mild osteoarthritis, if that's the example of what you're using. You would never be able to see a benefit if it was moderate or severe because they've acknowledged that PRP has certain limitations. It's not going to replace a need for surgery. It may just be a temporizing feature. Where would stem cells be positioned in that? Could you, because of the increased number of cells and potential efficacy, could you take on someone who has a little bit more of the moderate type of arthritis as an example of a condition, or would it really still have to be mild to see that same level of benefit? No, we've done bone on bone, and we've had some good results. We offer, in the milder cases, we will offer PRP because it's certainly less trouble for the patient and less costly for the patient. So we'll say, you may want to try PRP first. But in those cases where it doesn't work, um, and it looks like PRP is not going to work, we just say go straight to stem cells. And the PRP process, somewhat similar, you do a blood draw? PRP is very simple. You, you draw the blood, you spin it down, uh, you add a few chemicals to it so it separates out, and then you inject back or uh, give, give injections to certain areas. So it's actually not the five hours. It's no, much, it's, it's it's done, much faster. Yeah, it's like an hour process usually. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Michael Pasquale. He is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about some of the other applications of this stem cell therapy and some of the controversies, whether or not all of the types of stem cells are getting the same effects. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Michael Pasquale. He is the head of the Hawaii Stem Cell Treatment Center in Waterfront Plaza, and we're talking about stem cells. Now, there were some controversies years ago, but that was in using different types of stem cells. Those were fetal stem cells, ethical concerns, and other reasons why they're not used. We're talking about autologous stem cells, cells that our own bodies have that, when concentrated, can potentially help with the healing process. And if this is something, you know, I've always dreamt about the concept of having people no longer need to do joint replacements, but find ways to inject cartilage into the joint so that it can help repair itself. That's kind of where we're at these days. This is sort of what we're describing. Yeah, that's correct. And the field of cell medicine, cellular medicine is advancing. I can foresee a time where surgeons are going to be obsolete. We'll just handle things through a cellular method. That is regenerating your own tissue. Well, and, you know, that's when people think, I can't even imagine it. I think, think of all the things, the way medicine has changed in the last 20 years. It's really transformed. I just go, think paper records and then electronic records. That's the level that we're kind of moving towards is to make it much more seamless and to make it easier. So you mentioned at the top of the show that there were three sources, and I wanted to give you a chance to mention something about umbilical cells because these are not autologous, and there are some concerns about it. What is the concern about that? Well, the umbilical cells, where they come from is frozen umbilical cords. So these uh, tissue banks will store lots and lots of umbilical cords that are product of birth. And so you have different sources, different mothers, of course, that donate these things. So the chances of something like a viral infection or a bacterial infection is increased. In fact, there's been some incidents where the FDA has closed down certain labs or uh, producers of these things because they had bacterial infections. Safety concerns. Safety concerns. Um, The concept's very good. They've been using them in South Korea for many years and longer than we have, and the results can be good. One of the concerns besides contamination with these is and transmission of disease is there's some evidence that there is an autoimmune, just like a tissue transplant. Um, it's not from the cells themselves, but from the, some of the proteins that come with the cells. So you can get an immune reaction, just like a, like a renal kidney transplant rejection. So they're ineffective. The other thing I found in my own study was I, I do stem cell counts. I've ordered the stem cells before, and like I said before, the number of stem cells you give is an important factor. And I've received them, and they ordered 30 million cells. I've done the counts once I thought them out and actually done them. And maybe only six or seven million cells that I actually got that were live and functional. So a lot of people don't do the stem cell counts. That's why I do. So we have used umbilical stem cells before, but only in very extreme cases. Our first choice is your own body stem cells, where nothing appears to be able to go wrong. Well, and, you know, you know your tissue matched because it's your tissue. Right. You really don't have to worry about an immune reaction in any negative consequence. Now, we talked about knees. You mentioned shoulder. You mentioned other joints like hip. Where do you see this going towards other types of indications? I know there's a lot of talk about this in, like, neurologic disorders and some other conditions that we might not initially think about stem cells being helpful. But, you know, we haven't studied it. We don't know. There are some studies and some preliminary studies out. Some of my colleagues across the land have done cardiology, you know, congestive heart failure, 
uh, neurology, Parkinson's disease, stroke, um, all types of neurologic disorders, ophthalmologic uses, um, not the way it was done in Florida, by the way. That produced a lot of bad press. We don't do that. And the other one was um, uh, I use it in cosmetic surgery, actually. And it does rejuvenate the skin quite a bit. I have some fantastic before and after pictures that you can actually see the difference. It gives the skin a more youthful appearance. Um, it's not going to, if somebody needs a facelift or something like that, it's not going to do that. But uh, in the Asian women population, we have melasma. You'll see the melasma clear up. Wow. And I mean, you're using your own body cells, right. so it's different than fillers or any other sort of treatment. It really is just putting your own body fat right. in a concentrated fashion in another location. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you one interesting thing that happened. When I first started using stem cells, you know, we do fat transfers to the face because as you age, you lose facial fat. And <laughs> you lose facial fat, but it tends to show up elsewhere. Okay. That's, that's true. Very true. So, you know, think of the shriveled up little old man or lady. They've lost all their facial fat, so they, they develop more wrinkles because of loss of volume. Well, I, I, plastic surgeons such as myself have been doing facial fat transfer for years. But we always expect like a 30 or 40% fat loss, so we overfill. Well, when I first started doing stem cells, I mixed the stem cells with the fat. And I had a patient who I did fat transfer, and I filled her up maybe 30% more. It never went down. Hopefully she was happy with that. Well, actually she wasn't, so I actually had to dissolve some of the fat for her. But the point is, these stem cells prevented the fat loss. That just tells you what regenerative power they have. If you could just dream, where do you think the field could go in the future? Oh, I have no doubt about it. We're going to reach a point. I, I was trained as a microsurgeon, hand surgeon, and I deal with a lot of damaged hands and limbs. There's going to be a point, I don't know when, 15 years, 30 years, 40 years, where instead of coming in to have your cut-off hand repaired, they're going to put a couple of drops of some solution, and you're just going to regrow a new hand. That is a far-off future vision. That certainly sounds like Maybe a, not as far as you think. Maybe not. You know, I'm always amazed at where medicine is headed. Now, if somebody said, hey, this is something I want to try, I want to find out more about this, where could they find information? They can find information on the web at stemcellhawaii.com or call our number, 808-945-5433, and talk to us. We can Even if you think you might have a... Just want to know more about it. We're always happy to talk to people about it. And if they did want to do a particular joint, the things that might be helpful, x-rays, other studies, information. You mentioned upon initial evaluation, you would do a medical history, try and vet out if this is appropriate for them. Correct. Uh, it's always, if you could bring your imaging studies when you come to our clinic, that's always helpful. And a list of the medications you're on. Are there any medicines other than we talked about some of the anti-inflammatories that you couldn't take? I think the anti-inflammatories are the big ones. Or to have a steroid injection, you know, an anti-inflammatory steroid injection in a few, three, four weeks, even a month or so earlier. Because that would, in fact, inhibit the whole response you're looking for. But blood pressure, you mentioned diabetes might be an issue. Diabetes, simple simple hypertension, not so much. Um, None of the diseases that we treat, there is also COPD treatments that are for this. So it's not necessarily a lung problem that will prevent you from doing that. And it's an office procedure, so it's not Correct. really any major anesthesia that you're talking about. And people can get back to doing their activities shortly thereafter. 
Are there other studies that are going on right now that that people need to know about? Any other uh, studies that even patients who say I'm interested could be part of? Uh, you'd have to look at the National Institute of Health database for clinical studies, but there's tremendous amount of studies going on right now. It's a very exciting field. Well, and it sounds like this could be transformative and absolutely change the need for joint manipulation in the future, whether it be procedures or injections of other things or even maybe someday surgery. Yeah, my opinion, and I said it before, sounds far-fetched, but the field of cellular medicine is going to eliminate surgery. Well, and you've heard it here first. I want to thank you for being on The Body Show today. Thanks for joining us. All right, that is Dr. Michael Pasquale. He is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon over three and a half decades already, and he runs the Hawaii Stem Cell Treatment Center right here in Waterfront Plaza. Thank you for joining us on the show. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org and follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we will see you next week when we talk some more about health topics and ways to say well here in the islands right here on The Body Show. We will see you then. Thank you.